On Thursday, the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows, um, a, a tragedy took place here in Central Florida that has stricken, deeply affected, hurt our Catholic community. Um, young boys in, in middle school were out practicing their rowing, their crew on Lake Fairview near College Park, and there was a lightning strike. And um, there were five, five young boys in the boat. Um, one of them, as a result of that lightning strike, went missing for 24 hours. Another was severely injured. Thanks be to God, the three others made it back to shore in relatively good shape um, physically. There was another boat um, with, with other rowers in it, middle schoolers, and one of those boys who all, all reached safety, one of those boys and his family are parishioners here at St. Margaret Mary. So it really, really connects to us and hits close to home. Thank God that boy is okay and was here with his family last night and in the loving embrace of his Catholic family. Um, the boy who was found and is no longer with us, unfortunately died, was a, a member of the Annunciation Catholic community, Annunciation Academy. And then there is another boy who lies in the hospital in very, very critical condition at this moment who is also a part of one of our nearby Catholic communities. So this hits really close to home. It's sad when we hear about something like this under any circumstances, so sad, but it hits close to home to so many in this room. Um, it hits close to home to, to anybody who's a parent, surely. Um, it's very hard to cope with and think about, and it's very hard to put yourself in the shoes of the families that were the worst affected. And it's very difficult, I think, even in particular for our young people. Um, I know my daughter is a seventh grader here at St. Margaret Mary, and I know that she and her friends have been uh, shaken up by these events, and rightfully so. And it brings up a lot of questions. I was, it brings up a lot of questions about God. Why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? Why does God allow evil? And sometimes it's even tempting to think that, that God somehow did something like this uh, it, as human beings. Very hard to get our head around. In speaking to my daughter yesterday, I, uh, I, I sort of started out by, uh, I answered a question of hers by saying, you know, at, at your age, Chloe, it's especially hard to get your head around something like this. And then I had to stop immediately and say, no, at any age, we don't outgrow this, do we, brothers and sisters? At, at any age, it's very difficult to get our heads around why some things happen in this hurt and broken world. And I think the, perhaps you know, the, the most accurate answer to that question, why do they happen, is that we certainly will never be able to fully get our head around on this side of heaven why everything happens. What we do know is that God has a beautiful, beautiful plan for us. And God loves us so much that he gives us the freedom to journey out into a broken world where lots of good things and bad things can happen. But he, he gives us that ability to go out as free people with free minds and hearts and, and partake of that world. But he never gives us a guarantee, unfortunately, that in this world everything will go the way we want or need it to. Things can go wrong. 
Everything, brothers and sisters, everything that we hope and live for, regardless of what happens to us, is and has always been about heaven. And sometimes at a, at a trying and hard time like this, where our, our hearts are hurt and our, our minds are full of questions, we, we, ha we come to terms with that and see it a little more clearly. But everything that we hope and wish for in this world, brothers and sisters, is about heaven. That, that's, that is the, the ultimate gift and the ultimate plan that God has had for us from the very, very beginning. And he gives us in the meantime, he knew that we were going to struggle. He knew that we would befall all sorts of unforeseen circumstances that are tragic and painful. He didn't leave us, as, as Christ said, he'll never leave us orphans. He, 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 he's with us. He watches over us. He gives us his church. He, he doesn't leave us to deal with these things on our own. For starters, we have each other. Look around at this beautiful community, the love that we feel when we walk in this building, in this room. This is Christ. This is our opportunity to be Christ to one another. We get to receive Christ in the sacraments and the Eucharist here shortly, but we also receive Christ by interacting with our brothers and sisters who are Christ. So we have this to, to, to hold on to and to help us. We have, we have our, our, our beautiful priests who look over us as spiritual fathers. We have aunts and uncles, brothers and sisters, grandparents. This is the way God helps us through these things. And what does he ask of us? In the gospel, which was a little challenging earlier in the week, I was trying to prepare it and figure it out. In the longer form, I'll be honest with you, was even more challenging. And I really had no idea what I would preach about this morning. Um, but one thing that stands out to me, and especially now looking at it from this perspective, was just simply the admonition that the person who is faithful in little will be faithful in much. That's so important, and it applies to everything we do, but it also applies to the effort that we put into being a part of that Catholic family and that Christian community, to being present to people who so desperately need it, in particular like the families that are hurting so badly this morning in our, in our very own Catholic family. So are we faithful in what is little? What does God ask of us? Well, Paul makes it very clear. He talks about praying. We're supposed to pray without ceasing. We're supposed to raise holy hands and pray, pray for everybody, but most so for our brothers and sisters around us in our own community here who are hurting. We lift each other up. We help one another. We pray together. We look for God's purpose. We look for God's strength. And I mentioned earlier that these tragic events happened on the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows. Our Blessed Mother knew a little bit about suffering, did she not? Even she was not impervious to going through the things that sometimes we have to go through in this life. Our Lady of Sorrows focuses on seven specific pains and, and sorrows that Mary had to bear in, in the raising of Jesus. And one of those, uh, it's worth looking at if we're not all familiar with every one of them, but, but one of those in particular is being at the cross. Mary walked to the cross while the apostles and most others ran the other way. She took her sorrows, her pain, and she went to the cross, and she knelt in front of the cross, and she offered them up to Jesus. She shared in his suffering by offering up her own suffering, and in Jesus' death and resurrection, at that point in time, Mary's sorrows and Mary's suffering became holy and consecrated and sacred and made an impact on Jesus and every single one of us who Jesus died for. 
She did that as a model for us, brothers and sisters. That's why it's in the Bible for us to learn from. Jesus told Mary, behold your son to John, who was representative of the church, and to John, who was representative of the church, behold your mother. Mary became our mother. She offered us an example in what to do with our own suffering. She, she gave us an example in suffering and how to deal with it. So we have the gift of being able to bring our suffering and our pain and our worries that we all have, don't we, brothers and sisters? We all have them, but we have the opportunity to bring them to the cross and lay them at the foot of the cross and to make them sacred and holy. We have the opportunity to do that in a very intentional way as we come forward for communion today. So let's not let our grief and our suffering and the suffering and grief of our brothers and sisters go to waste. Let's make it holy and sacred. And in particular, in a special way today, let's bring our suffering to the cross. Let's bring it forward with us, with these families that have been devastated here recently, with them especially in mind. And they will be made holy, the sufferings, and they, the, holy, the sufferings will be made sacred and will, and will help. They will help our brothers and sisters move through this terrible time. And someday, brothers and sisters, when something faces us, those same prayers and offerings that our Catholic community gives on behalf of one another to Christ, they will help us. And we will move through this world and we will move forward to a beautiful, beautiful reward, that place that Jesus described when he said, when he said to his apostles, I am going away to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house, there are many dwellings, dwellings that have been specifically designed with each and every one of us in mind to, to meet all of our needs and all of our wants. Our loving Father knows what they are, and he promises that we will enjoy those in heaven for all eternity when that time comes. In the meantime, we the church on earth, we work together, we enjoy the sacraments together, we walk with one another, we love one another, we put our arms around one another, and we offer up holy hands in prayer and supplication on behalf of one another and the church. Amen.